0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm your host. I'm Rebecca Leonardis from Leo Tree Wellness, and I'm really glad that you're tuning in today. I'm continuing a conversation that I've been having with a a handful of friends this past week. It's been really interesting for me. We've been talking about the kind of people we are, specifically, what personality traits do we tend to demonstrate in front of certain groups of people? So introversion and extroversion have been the two categories that we have largely focused on. And it's really been fun to open up this conversation because if you sitting right now thinking about what you know of those two definitions of those two words, what is an introvert, what is an extrovert, right away you apply one of those level or one of those labels rather to yourself. I wonder if you've done this before. My guess is you probably have, or you can quickly identify for yourself if you haven't done it in the past. But it is so interesting when you open this up in a group setting and ask other people to identify where they see you with respect to being an introvert or an extrovert. Sometimes it's crystal clear. Sometimes you just check all the boxes there are many people I know that, that check all of the boxes for both descriptions of introversion and extroversion, but there are a lot more that sort of play on both sides of that. So it's been, it's been really fun. So let's first of all talk about what the definition, the original definition. Now, keep in mind, this has been adapted and modernized, and it's really fluctuated from if from all of the resources that I've taken a look at, based on the perspective of the author or the person who's communicating the definition. But originally, Carl Jung was the um, Swiss uh, psychotherapist or psychoanalyst who popularized this theory back in the early 1920s. So nineteen twenty one, to be specific is when the world was really formally, he didn't create the words, but he sort of applied the definitions in terms of personality traits. And the being an introvert was associated by definition as a person who is a shy, reticent person. On the opposite side of that, an extrovert was someone who was known to be outgoing and overtly expressive in their personality. Now, like I said, that has It's changed quite a bit over time. And I always find, like I said, it's fun to have this conversation with your friends because depending on how you know people and where they've witnessed you in life, at what phase of your life, they might know you to be very different from the way you identify yourself. So there's been a lot of research over decades and decades of research in fact probably well beyond decades but specifically since 1921 when this when these two when Carl Jung really introduced the theory it has been more deeply researched let's just say that and so as always if you guys have hung out in any psychology classes you know that there's this constant debate back and forth with you know what influences these labels is it is it a Something that is generated completely from a nature perspective. So, are you born an introvert? Are you born an extrovert? Other people will argue the nurture side of things. Do you, you know, do you collect experiences in your life? And as a result of the experiences that you've had, is that what forms your introversion or extroversion? So It's really fun when you dive into this, I spent some time refreshing myself and on the nature side, there are some biological factors that have been researched and uh, published articles that you can take a look at, but specifically back in 1956, so going back quite some time, there was a twin study that was done and there was found to be a stronger correlation between extraversion in identical twins versus fraternal twins. So this was suggestive of a hereditary influence. Now, keep in mind, this is back in 1956. More recently, there are published papers in what's called the Journal of Social, cognitive, and effective neuroscience. And what they did in this research, sorry, research, is they studied MRI scans and they found a number of correlations between something known as the five factor personality traits. If you Google that, you can find information on it, put yourself through the paces if you wish. Um, but there was found to be some correlations between the results from that personality trait test. And brain structure. So specifically, the research showed that there was an increase in cortical thickness amongst extroverts. So the actual structure of the brain was determined to be different in those of extroverts. I find that really cool. So that would popularize the idea that you are born as an extrovert curious to know what you think about that. On the flip side, because there always needs to be a flip side, right? You want to analyze and compare it against another theory. The theory of nurture has been studied with respect to whether or not someone is an extrovert or an introvert. So environmental factors play a role in much of what shows up in our lives, the way we behave, the way we act, the kind of person we are just in general. So we know that they do play a role, but specifically in the research that has been done, attachment styles has been noted as something that impacts extroversion or introversion. So think for example, um, the relationship between mother and child. It has been studied and determined that That attachment, if the attachment between a child and its mother is strong and confidence is a result as of, you know, coming from that sense of security, then they then are noted to become more extroverted. Okay. Think about that. See what you think. How does that feel? Like, how does that resonate for you? When I hear that, I think, yeah, that, that actually makes, that makes good sense to me. Now, child rearing styles are also studied under this umbrella of nurture when it comes to introversion and extroversion. So specifically the example of being raised in a family that was very strict or very protective It demonstrated examples of a child being less extroverted. So they leaned more on the introverted side of things because of the way they were raised within their home. So, again, another checkbox, I suppose, for the nurture debate. Now, what else was there? I feel like there was another one in the nurture attachment styles, child rearing if it comes to me I'll come I'll circle back to it but i i love taking a look at these things you know i studied psychology in university which feels like a million years ago to me now i think that was or i know for sure my very first class that i sat in on was a huge classroom big lecture hall i think there had to be about 400 plus kids in this in this lecture hall um yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember being blown away at the sheer size. You know, coming from a relatively small town, I remember thinking that that class was really kind of bizarre, and it was going to take me some time to get used to it. I also remember, and this that this is dating me. I also remember many of the students had these like little tiny tape recorders, and they would sit up closest to the class. So if you guys have ever been in those lecture halls, you know what they're like, right? It's like being in a theater where the where the seating goes up really, really high. It's on quite a significant slant. All of the real eager beavers would sit as close as they could to the professor and they would all get out these voice recorders. I ended up getting one of those voice recorders. It's probably kicking around in my box of mementos somewhere. I should, I should press the play on that once in a while and go back and see what it was that I recorded from back in those days. But I digress. I'm getting way off topic here. Let me come back to it. I just, what took me there was being in a psychology class. And it's kind of fun to think back on very first class ever in university. But another question that comes up and one that my, my friends and I, like I said, that we're chatting about this, this past week is who's the happier style person. And this really got heated because there were both represented in the group. Okay. So I had some introverts and extroverts in this conversation, not, I didn't know this, but I mean, they were pretty equally represented and each of them believed they were the happier of the two styles or the two personality traits. So interesting, right? When it comes to happiness, research actually demonstrates that extroverts show more signs of being the happier of the two. And here's here's what I mean by this. And keep in mind, this is a research that spans over decades and decades worth of work. and this might reflect very differently from the way you experience life. but that's the joy in talking about these things. So first of all, extroverts, just by their very nature, seek, their enjoyment typically from external sources. So they're very quick to um, want to seek fun and adventure and partner with other people and find themselves in groups and immerse themselves in crowds sometimes and just pick up on that energy of being around people and being in a what, what you might describe as a more active space. That stimulus, that stimuli rather, is something that creates happiness for that individual. But the eagerness to be in these more social settings is not the cause of the happiness. It is the the energy. It is the experience. It is the connection with others that is the cause of the happiness Extroversion is simply a personality trait. It's not the cause of the happiness. Because think about this, an introvert can also experience happiness in that same environment. Hear me out. Being around people, connecting in large groups, being stimulated by your environment is something that an introvert can do. It just takes more effort to be put in those situations. It's not that they cannot experience happiness within them. In fact, sometimes introverts will describe an unbelievable level of happiness having had those experiences of being amongst other people and having lots of of like I said, stimulus affecting them. So it's not again, it's not the um, the cause of the happiness is not the personality trait itself because extroverts and introverts in the exact same situation can both experience levels of happiness and joy. So that's an important thing to keep in mind. I've, I personally have gone back and forth because while I really truly really truly appreciate my quiet time. I love it for a lot of reasons. I love it because I feel more creative. I feel like the space that it offers when I'm um within myself is very it's it's really awesome because I can digest anything that has come my way during the day. You know, like a lot of thoughts, a lot of experiences, all of those things. I have time to process them. And that's an important thing. Now, I also, I just was thinking of something my mom used to say. My mom always says that she loves when she can hear herself think. And I used to think that that was such a weird saying, but I now understand what she's talking about because you can, when you are able to be quiet or still or introverted, you are able to connect with yourself on a much deeper level. So uh, that's why I love the introverted aspects of my personality, but at the exact same time, I think I love, I love being in a crowd. I love being amongst people. I love, I love meeting new people. So how can I, how can I be both? You know, like how does that happen? I've, I've grown up. I've always been taught that there are these two. Two ways to be: you're either introvert or extrovert, and whatever you lean more towards are the um, the check boxes within your personality. And we talked about the definitions already. I figured that's the way it was, right? Turns out, I'm not alone in my wondering about extroversion or introversion and which one I present more often. Turns out, two thirds of the entire world is unclear, unsure with respect to which one they are. I find this super interesting. And for this, I am abundantly grateful to find out that there is in fact a third term, a third personality trait description, which is called an ambivert. Now, an ambivert is someone who showcases the features of both an extrovert and at times features the personality traits of an introvert. Ring the bell, that is me, and it is probably the ones who are wondering two-thirds of the world who are unclear or where they were. It's probably them too. Now, for those of you who really already know yourself, you probably check so many of the boxes within your respective Category making it easy. Probably, if you asked your closest friends, they would describe you as the same thing, and I think that's really cool. But for those of us, the two thirds of us who were unsure, we are very thankful that there is in fact something that um, describes us. I love this because when you sometimes self awareness is something that can be a little bit tricky and. When you are self-aware, you have this newfound ability. And self-awareness doesn't mean that you subscribe to a specific label or you live up to the definition of, of what this word means in a dictionary somewhere. It's not that at all. What it means is that you're able to more clearly see yourself and therefore play to your strengths. You know, this is a it's a powerful thing. I I really believe that the things that we do in life, the situations that we put ourselves into, are largely fueled by the feeling that we get from them. And I know as we're if you're listening to this as it's being released, we're in Christmas week. Christmas is at the end of this week. So there will be a lot of unique opportunities for us to connect to be in situations that we are not in any other time of the year and to feel the feelings that are associated with those experiences. So that said, do we need to avoid or alter not seeing any of that? What I'm saying is when you can clearly know how you feel in certain situations, you can play to those strengths. Maybe in situations where you feel... A little bit, your introverted personality traits are coming through, and in those situations, you feel worry, or you feel anxiety, or you feel anything that is less than great. Maybe you can look at tailoring your experience so that it is maybe a little bit shorter, or maybe you, uh, um, you know, maybe you have someone join you um, to alter the experience a little, a little bit. Whatever the case may be. there are probably some deeper, deeper things that we can go into. But for the purposes of today's conversation, and the purposes of talking about introversion and extroversion over the holidays, little tweaks to your upcoming experiences could, in fact, make all of the difference for you. Because when you do that, you alter a more long-term experience. Think about this. If your week is loaded with experiences that you don't you don't necessarily love maybe you're an introvert and you maybe the holidays stir up a lot of uncomfortable emotions for you but you keep putting yourself into these really awkward situations without making any allowances for yourself don't underestimate how the worry and the stress can have an impact on your health so upset stomachs and headaches and just just this overall feeling of unease that's not good for you. I'm, I'm sure I'm not providing you with any kind of news flash right now on that. So when you are self-aware and you can play to your strengths, you have the ability to really put yourself in a power seat and take good care of whatever it is that you need, even over the holidays. Introverts, extroverts, ambiverts ambiverts. That's a new word to me so bear with me as I botch it every time I say it. You guys, there's lots of things that we can do to you know support ourselves and and really tailor all of our experiences to whatever it is that our strengths are. We we tend to be in situations that make us feel good and they make us feel good because there's a there's a dopamine release. In many of these situations. So, the stimulus is a dopamine fueled activity. That's why we keep going back to it. That's why we keep seeking it. Keep in mind, even for the extroverts among us, that can sometimes tire us out, maybe create a little bit of overwhelm. Self awareness, really, really important. Emotional intelligence is associated directly with that. So, if you're looking to boost both your emotional intelligence and your self awareness, which I highly recommend for every adult on the planet, identifying what your comfort zones are is a really, really important thing to do. I feel like we have such an opportunity in front of us. I wish everyone such a beautiful holiday season. It's kind of hard for me to believe that the next time that we're together, so next Monday, it is the final episode of 2021. And that brings me so much joy to say, because not because something is, is ending or wrapping up, but because I have enjoyed this season with you so very much. I know I've expressed my gratitude on many episodes. But I can tell you this, season two is stacked. We have some extraordinary people joining us for some really highly intelligent conversations. I hope you'll join us. I expect to be um, providing more, a few more solo podcasts than I did this past year. You see, this past year was something really new to me. So I guess I was exercising my extroverted muscle in that sense, trying something new, putting myself into an uncomfortable situation. But this audience has been really wonderful in the sense that you've allowed for me to grow. You've allowed yourself to witness me through that growth. And as a result, I feel like I've learned so much along the way. I'm walking into this new year, 2022, with an abundance of confidence um this feeling of excitement because I there's all of these learning opportunities that lie ahead. Like I said, the guest that I have for you guys it is it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. So here's my ask. I've asked a couple times before and if you haven't had an opportunity to do so just yet, may I kindly remind you, please rate this podcast, provide a comment if you could share it, with a friend, or if you see it on social media somewhere, if you see me share, maybe you could share it as well. Um, pass that along so that the ripple effect of awareness has an opportunity to take effect. It's um, I'm still pretty small potatoes in terms of a viewing audience. I think that the people who are here, that is you, have been magnificent and wonderful and all the things I could have ever wanted through this experience but i would love to be able to reach more people and i don't i don't have all the answers on how to do that outside of asking for help and asking for your support so if you would be so kind i would genuinely appreciate it all right so as we're going into the christmas season can i please wish you all health and happiness a really beautiful week ahead a really beautiful week ahead. I hope you have an opportunity to visit with the people that you love most. I hope you have an opportunity to indulge in some of your favorite things. And I sincerely hope you have an opportunity to rest and reflect on the things that have happened for you and because of you in 2021. Thanks for hanging out today. We'll see you for the final episode of season one next week. Until then, everyone, take really good care of yourself.